Origin Clear is a company that focuses on wastewater treatment. And hello, everyone. And welcome to the Waters New Gold CEO briefing. Our mission is to transform the water industry. Decentralization offers us this opportunity. The plan that you've built here is super impressive. The world is experiencing a crisis in regards to water. It's a great opportunity that you are giving us investors. The decentralization of water treatment means that we no longer need to establish giant water treatment plants. Let them fight over the 20%. Let's work with the 80% that's untreated. Over 21,000 unique alternative investments. Three million jobs in the U.S. alone. Making it easy for the regular investor. All the old trends just accelerated. Lucrative and fulfilling. The vision I've got is to standardize these products. Design, build, own, and operate. We have six 65 people in the room. We got an important message to, to the world. We can put a guy on the moon, but our water is horrible. Recycling all that water, it's a huge impact for the environment. Bringing new infrastructure in, drive growth in America. That's a critical part of the picture. It's a twin 125 gallon per minute RO system. I don't think we're talking about a $10 million fund. We're talking about a series of $10 million. Yeah, the opportunity itself is very big. Yes. Take care of the water. Not too many CEOs do a weekly briefing and are willing to talk to individual investors. And welcome everyone to the CEO briefing. This is a very special one since we have footage coming in from London where we um, made our very first institutional appearance. And uh, you'll get to see some of the excerpted footage. And, you know, I'm going to go ahead and start this, but I just want to make it clear that we were, this is not one of those, we're pitching you, right? This is one of those things where you kind of lay it out in a very friendly, a peer environment. But I have to say, after this event, there was a tremendous amount of interest. Anyway, so let's get going here and um, get this party started. Well, this is the last June uh, event and uh, we'll soon be in July. Oh no, we have one more, the 30th, Thursday the 30th. So we will see you then. Um, and it is briefing number 166. So Ken uh, will join us. He's having a little trouble with his internet because, uh, well, I don't know, went to the UK and his internet doesn't work now, but you know, let's, let's blame the, the English. Why not? Uh, Robert Baxter says, uh, hi, Riggs and Ken go Yankees. Right on, right on. All right. So sure enough, Ken spoke at the family office forum. Um, this is a, a group called Prestel and partners it was held at the posh Corinthia hotel. In the middle, we have Adam Collar, who is a longtime friend and investor. And he called us up. I thought was it like Wednesday or something like that. Thursday. It was, like really late in the game and said, Hey, and so we moved quickly to show up and make it happen. Paolo Pagella is an ambassador of ours who also showed up. Um, and in fact, he took the video that you'll see. Uh, and of course, on the right-hand side, we got Ken. So there they are, the three musketeers. Um, just give you a sense of what this is about. <clears throat> this is what it looks like. It's, um, 100 plus family offices, definition of a genuine family office demands a minimum of 120 million pounds and not being a solution provider to those outside the family office. So they're really managing themselves. No sales and pitches, knowledge and expertise. And um, here's what the audience looks like, depending on where it was. But as you see, 
never more than roughly 200 attendees. And the family offices were numbered about 100, 120, something like that. And that gives you a sense of what this was. All right. Um, upcoming editions. Well, we're not going to do the Wiesbaden one because we're not genuine German speaking. Um, but we do think we're going to do the New York one. I was unable to make it this time to um, London, but I darn well plan to be in New York. So we can look forward to that. And then we'll see where those others of these go. This is not the only family office show conference, but I think they'll be very, very good for us as we step into this space. Because the truth is that um, we want to raise a lot of capital to make water on demand, water as a service work well for us. And really, this is going to be a very powerful way to go. It doesn't get as complicated as talking to venture capitalists and PE funds. And, you know, it's sort of the middle ground, which is, I think, where we will fit. <clears throat> of course, we want to remember that our roots remain the good old uh, single accredited investor, and that's who we favor most of all. So here he is about to present, and uh, he's coming up on stage, getting ready to go. So why don't we go ahead and play the short video? Well, thank you very much. Uh, my name is Ken Barringer. I'm executive vice president of a company called Origin Clear. COVID has dri driven a lot of folks out of major cities into what they call secondary cities and even uh, rural areas. So there's a perfect storm happening in the United States, and I don't know how much to the extent Europe, but there's basically decades of infrastructure neglect. It's combined with uh, people moving into underserved areas. Now, due to these, tw these kind of twin trends here happening, infrastructure neglect and population migration, uh, I think it's gonna be with us for a long time. So the same forces that we're bringing about kind of deglobalization of commerce are also bringing about uh, more decentralized water systems from the creation of clean water processing to effluent water to recycling of the subsequently treated water. Right? The United States is very bad at this, by the way. The United States recycles about 1% of its water. Um, I know. Uh, it's, it's awful. Uh, especially when you compare it to Israel, which is 90%. Now, Israel's tiny size makes it providing infrastructure to a very small geographic area more practical. So it's the larger the area, the more difficult and burdensome centralized infrastructure becomes and the more the need for globalized, decentralized water treatment, which is what we do. An additional factor which is emerging in the industry is the concept of something called design, build, own, and operate. Uh, and this is which, where a water company actually finances a water system and charges the business or the community a utility fee. Don't worry, here's your million dollar system. We'll provide you your very specific needs. You pay on the meter. We'll maintain it. We'll run it like any piece of grand industrial equipment. And the response has been, sure, great, where do I sign? It's been, it's been very, very popular. Um, and we're basically almost acting like a mini, mini municipality. So companies are already doing this, not just us. We've personally been creating and selling these things for over a decade to the mid-sized local business and mid-sized, you know, smaller 100-home housing communities, luxury homes right now. Hotels. You picture anything that's going to be producing a lot of water. Origin Clear, okay, with something that, uh, I've co-created with my uh, with my CEO. It's a water on demand program, and what is a little different here is it's enabling investors to receive long-term residual income, like an oil well. Okay, um, those of you who are familiar with MLPs, they have shielded and protected more income and more general wealth in the last forty years than 
you know, very few other instruments. The problem is, they are dirty, right? So certain, certain investment groups simply won't participate in it. This has the benefit of being one and making it better, right? Um, so you're basically making money while doing good. In short, I'm the co-creator of something that I came here feeling was very special and unique because it solves real serious problems, but it aligns all sides of the equation where all parties benefit because generally, not without exemptions, but there are generally, there are two crowds out there, those who deploy capital to make money. And that's, you know, number one, number two, and number three priority. That's fine, okay. Um, and then there's those that deploy capital uh, to do good. And that's a, you know, it, it, so if you can actually create something that does both um, and where those interests don't, don't run at odds with each other, then thankfully you're starting to get there, I think, in my view. Uh, and I think that's what we do. So um, this is, you know, having a really good virtuous do-good type motivation um, is great. If it happens to be very, very capital friendly, well, that's even better. Doing well by doing good. Many of you will do this because it's the right thing to do. There's a reward that's not tied to money. And it's to save the lives of children, which, you know, who, who's going to argue with that? Um, some of the statistics he came out with on you know, child trafficking and, and, and basically slave labor were absolutely heartbreaking. Um, so if you could solve a different problem that had an almost equally devastating impact on children, but also do well financially by doing good, um, I think that you can unlock a lot more capital. If there's a, those who are, you know, they, they just want to make money, that's cool, I'm fine with that. And then those will do it virtuously. But if you can, if you can do that, you can unlock the capital that would only do it because they're making money. Um, and I think if you can harmonize doing well with doing good in the same effort, the same instrument, I, think, I believe that's what water on demand is. So I saw also a major deficiency in how governments were handling most uh, our most precious asset in the world, which is water. So he, he came up with that statistic. Here's another infuriating statistic, and that's why what he said struck me. More than 80% of sewage is discharged into water supplies around the world. Sewage, guys. No treatment whatsoever. Um, this contributes, in at least in part, to the fact that as we're having this conversation today in this lovely hotel, um, 6,000 children are going to die today from waterborne illnesses. If you can crack this code, um, once again, affluent people of conscience will be the ones that can power this initial solution to this. So the, if, if we do this, the environmental and humanitarian benefits of fixing this problem are incalculable. But outside of this room, many in the world are only going to invest in what makes them money. That's okay. I keep saying that. I am a capitalist. right? Um, but if you can bring them Series A founders round position with a planned public offering, combining with the only income-bearing, inflation-friendly asset class that hasn't even begun to run and accelerate it through fintech, um, the bulk of the world that does not invest virtuously will do well by doing good, even if that wasn't their motivation in the first place. Um, so. Founders round, future offering, inflation-friendly income, new asset class, water, and there's a planned blockchain and cryptocurrency application that Briggs and I created that will be developed parallel and added later. So with money, as I've heard a number of times today, money not being so easy anymore,
I believe will have a lot of appeal uh, to diverse audiences in both the virtuous and the purely capital-focused areas. So with that, I'm very proud to announce the launch at this Preston and Partner Family Office Forum, our $300 million water-on-demand capital offering that'll be featured on Manhattan Street Capital's website, one of the premier crowdfunding sites in the world. And uh, with it, it has variable terms. It's kind of unique, and I won't get too much into the details here. We don't want to keep it pitchy. I want to, I want to inform, and then we can, we can speak one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. But it's got a couple of different variable terms, so it's designed to appeal to really everyone. The ordinary accredited investor, um, the high net worth individual, and even family offices. What I find most exciting about this is it is the world's first income-bearing asset in clean water delivered as a service. So with that, I'm going to give you a little a glimpse at the uh, screen at the website that we launched. Um, my my co-creator, my co-conspirator, Riggs Eppleberry, my CEO, uh, speaks on it uh, quickly. So Alan, if you wouldn't mind. Hi, I'm Riggs Eppleberry, co-founder, chairman, CEO of Origin Clear. The government needs to continue to provide a lot of abundant clean water. But what happens to it after it's used, when it's dirty? Do you know that 80% of all sewage is never treated, it's just dumped? That leads to water scarcity, but it also leads to a lot of disease and pollution, the ocean turning into something horrible. At the same time, the cities and counties are not getting the funding they need to really treat the water, and so they can't keep up. The solution is let the people who use the water clean the water. Water on demand is a way for regular investors to invest in water systems that are built at the local business industrial agricultural level. Not the big central systems, but rather this new breed of private water treatment. Let's say you're a brewery and you're, you're making lots more beer and therefore you make lots more leftover water. Where does it go? Well, the cities are saying that's too much. We can't take it at the brewery. They're not in the business of water treatment. This is brand new. And so they need a solution. Also, they're not experts. Uh, you're going to ask them to hire a water expert? That doesn't work either, right? What we have is a solution, which is water on demand, which means I need water treatment. Boom, you get it. No need for capital. No need for maintenance. Just sign on a dotted line. The machine shows up on your site, and it's maintained, and it treats the water. We have opened up investment in these water systems to the general investing public. We're charging these people on the meter just the same way they're used to with the city, right? But it's not the city doing it anymore. It's the business. Business loves it. Why? Because if they treat the water themselves, guess what? They can reuse it. They can recycle. They can get more water for their money. And now we take care of a lot of the scarcity problems. So this is a solution that solves so many problems in the water industry. In today's economic climate, you want to get away from just holding on to dollars, or even holding on to gold because gold doesn't earn money, right? Water on demand is investment in actual capital assets that earn income. But think about it. If you can get a tangible asset and make royalty money from your tangible asset, then it's the best of all worlds. Lots of assets out there. A lot of people know they need to invest in assets. So therefore, assets are skyrocketing in value. Crude oil, precious metals, commodities of all kinds, lumber, you name it. Water has only begun. It's the beginning of the run for water. Water on demand 
is the first program to enable investors like you and me to get into an asset. I believe it's a once in a generation opportunity to make real change with our health, water, and also to take advantage of the development of an asset that will throw off revenue and I believe increase in value tremendously. The first thing you can do is to sign up to hear my weekly briefing. It's every Thursday night, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Just put oc.gold slash CEO in your browser. Register for the briefing. If you can't make it to actually watch it, you'll get the replays automatically. But week by week, you will hear about this amazing program being developed in real time. And you will be in on something exciting. Whether you're an investor or not, you will be in on this heartbeat of an activity that I think is, is just phenomenal. Obviously, I love it. I'm one of the people who helped develop it, and we have a lot of work ahead of us. We want you to join us because it needs to become, and I believe it will become, a movement. Stay tuned, and I look forward to hearing more from you. so successful with the MLP model in um, inflation protection. Look, energy is a, you know, it's a, it's, it's a worldwide currency in, in itself, right? So can water be, okay? Water is not, is completely immune, however, to global events. War in, you know, a war in Ukraine doesn't affect your local water rates. So it has the steadiness that we want when we're earning income off something, okay? So it's an inflation counter inset. Water inflates at four times the rate of core inflation. Now, we can argue that the core inflation is a given nonsense. They are. Um, but if you're inflating at four times the speed, you're providing a real value to the end user while staying. Your, your royalties that you're paying, that, that metered billing that they're paying that's coming to us as investors, stays way ahead of inflation. Um, so generational wealth, water is the new gold. Water right now is a trillion-dollar-a-year industry supplying treatment to only 20% of the planet. You can do the math of what the total accessible market is, okay? Total addressable market. Um, obviously, if we can just get the T-O-M, not the T-A-M, it's a multi-trillion dollar market. People who are doers, people who are innovators, people who are investors and entrepreneurs, we're here to solve problems. So this is, uh, federal spending has obviously collapsed. Uh, these are just some stats in the United States. Uh, we are now down to, um, a tiny fraction of what it was just in the 1980s, and uh, we're talking about 55 billion gallons, 55 billion dollars per year. We're falling behind. Okay, that's not so. The 55 billion dollar devoted to water in the recent uh, Biden bill literally covers one year. It, it's you know, it, it's a massive problem that can't be solved one cup at a time. Um, so it's getting worse by orders of magnitude, as you can see. Uh, right here in 2025, we're at 75 billion dollars a year. So you're talking about a vibrant, amazing uh, market that can be addressed by creating an asset and then accelerating it by fintech. Okay, um, the burden is falling on cities. Okay, 80 percent uh, of agriculture and industry are responsible for 80 percent of the water usage. Okay, you treat it there, it gets better everywhere, and not by a little, by a lot. So. Um, I mentioned that water on demand is a, it's an actual instrument. Well, we, we have a planned initial public offering in about two years. 
So um, you're not an angel. I, I hear about, you know, if you want to get phone calls at seven, you know, 6 o'clock in the morning on Sunday begging for more money, don't be an angel. If you don't want that, don't be an angel investor. The incubation done part has already been done by a public company. They funded it. The first few million are in. Very, very effective in raising capital through uh, Series A+. Plus and with individual, uh, uh, kind of a bench of individual credit investors that have supported this endeavor. So what we're now gonna be doing is a $300 million raise. The first 20 million will be a Series A round, as you can see, um, granted preferred stock. It's 10% water on demand, non-dilute, dilution protection. So no matter how large this offering gets, the first 20 million will own 10% of this company's float when it does eventually go public. Um, you're going to get 25% of the net profits of those water royalties, and that's for life. These systems are designed to last for 100 years. So if we talk a quarter century, it's certainly realistic. Um, and then you're going to, because it was incubated by a parent company, the parent company will have a tremendous benefit when this thing goes live and is, of course, a valuable public, public property. We hope that stock will do very, very well. You're going to get a grant of one and a half times your investment. Um, in, in the underlying company. So that's just a little bit on the, on the, uh, on the structure. Um, so what we're going to be doing is we are going to, this is the, the website, so it basically takes, it's going to be taking kind of crowdfunding investors in through the portal. Um, here is some of the uh, pro forma performance of the, uh, of the fund. Uh, water is an extremely profitable asset. Uh, every dollar of water, uh, every dollar of equipment that is created what we can do is we can create about $5 worth of actual assets. So it's a, it's a very powerful model. Um, here's another statistic, $100,000 in this type of fund set up this way will probably treat about 27 million gallons of water. Okay, that's the definition of impact investing, and obviously for the long term it looks great. Um, you know what, I know I'm out of time, so I want to thank you for your, for your time and your, your, uh, your generous attention. And I'm available to, you know, we can meet privately. I can give you my card and we can set up a one-on-one -on -one meeting. Thank you so much. There we go. That was a short look. It was about a 30-minute presentation, which we cut down for the purpose of brevity. But, you know, um, we're starting to really make a lot of sense to strategic investors because um, people are looking for those um, Assets. And um, with that in mind, I wanted to talk a little bit about how you know, we've, been, we've been talking about how uh, this is in our strategic presentation that we are leveraged uh, like Y Combinator, which this Y Combinator showed up in so many of these huge um, IPOs. And it's not bad to make 440,000% on your money. Now, to be clear, we don't plan to just be the seed. We want to take it all the way through the first uh, few series. Um, but this gives an idea of where we start. Well, so I want to ask a question. How is Y Combinator doing? Well, um, here's what's going on. And that is that Y Combinator <coughs> has this non-traditional approach to venture funding, where it's basically an accelerator. Um, and now it's going to, um, by 2025, we'll be back in the 1,400 countries a year. It's going to start. And um, I've been pointing out to, there we go. Thank you very much, Manuel, for pointing out that um, my microphone was still pointed at the speaker. So hopefully that's better. There we go. Good. All right. 
So uh, with that, I'm going to continue. So hopefully, Manuel, you'll let me know that it is cured ASAP. Um, moving on here, uh, more from the same newsletter, CB Insights, an outstanding newsletter, by the way. Home buying. This is not a great graph. Um, good time to buy was all the way back in 2012, um, coming out of the last recession. And uh, it's been dwindling ever since. It really took a dive, though, in early 21 because the housing prices went up. Um, but now it's continued to go down because now interest rates are high. So it's kind of a double whammy. So again, real estate, not in great uh, situation. And this is why water can and should be an alternative. All right. <laughs> this is a terrible graph. These are the companies that had a market cap over $20 billion at one point. In the gray, that was their previous market cap. And in the red is their current market cap. Lord, take a look. Well, Rivian Automotive is still at about 22 billion. Uh, Square, which was at about 125 billion, is now around 38 billion and onward. So this is a pretty scary situation here for people who went in at very high rates. I believe that this is a time to be starting one of these things um, so that you know, two years from now, we're looking at an IPO for water and demand that can be robust coming out of what appears to be a recession situation. All right. Um, alternative? Well, of course, the alternative is, um, and Catherine Austin Fitz was just an amazing thinker, former assistant secretary of housing. And um, she uh, states, this is a world where people are trying to get into real assets that can generate a yield. So that's the key. Look for assets that can generate a yield. Um, the article here is it's not a turndown, it's a takedown. She believes that this is not an economic turndown. It's actually done on purpose for reasons she states. This article is also on Zero Hedge. Okay, so what, are, what is this uh, real asset that can generate a yield? Water on demand. With that, I'm gonna bring in Ken, um, who is still Alive and well, I'm going to turn on his video so that he's allowed to be part of the team. And uh, <laughs> I'm not so sure I want my video on after the week I had, but okay. Um, pardon the, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling on my main computer through internet issues. I can't. You look good, actually. You know, I, I, for a guy who hasn't slept in four days, I, I look marvelous, right? Um, yeah, I, so... Um, I come, you know, I go away for three days and nothing works when I come home. I, I, I don't get it. I, I'll fix it later anyway. Um, so what I got was, um, there was a lot of people there talking about, so the common themes, and I, I have, I brought home a copy of the program, but there were, um, you know, investing into major disruptions was one topic of discussion. Uh, the other one was doing uh, uh, how to do good with your investments. You know, we've been talking about doing well by doing good for what, three years? Um, so kind of the quasi-institutional money, uh, we, you know, people I would call of true affluence um, are really starting to have these conversations. And um, whereas we always associated family offices as being kind of like institutions like, hey, uh, you know, send me a send me an 800 page due diligence package and we'll get back to you in 10 months, right? Um, but in my discussions with Toby, 
right? Toby Pristel. He says, no, he goes, um, your due diligence, he goes, these guys will take down one to $10 million and it'll take about eight, 10 weeks, right? So they've shifted. They're taking on more risk because they have to, because the stuff that was safe, right? Um, not so much right now. And it, it was kind of a real sea change. It really opened my eyes. Um, and I heard the same kind of concepts over and over and over again that, um, you know, you're going to put money out there. You're going to take risks to some extent. Why not do it in something that will have a measurable, definable good in the world? And most of these guys were pitching. Maybe pitching isn't the word. We're, 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 the ask was uh, donating money. Hmm. Donating money to causes to prevent human slavery, uh, to donate money to schools that did turnaround on troubled youth. Uh, really, really good. I mean, very noble stuff, very powerful videos and stuff like that. Um, but the ask was really a donation. So um, th there's an expectation that these folks will deploy capital with getting nothing back in the in the capital realm. But, you know, feeling good about it, having having an impact. Um, and, you know, we, we came into this thing, you know, very, very last second. We hadn't really formulated how we wanted to do it. And I, I think it resonated extraordinarily well. I had numerous family offices come up to me, um, uh, probably a four or five conversations immediately following. Um, and they said, look, I love what you're doing. We did something similar, a Singaporean couple. Um, my dad just did something with energy. Then he bundled up all the power purchases agreements and sold them. You know, so I was like, boom, right? You know, so they totally got like nothing had to be really explained. Um, so uh, the, I think there's going to be a very, very powerful surge this year of your family office general. I mean, we talked, there were some folks on stage, we're talking thousand year old money. They're the descendants of dukes in Luxembourg and Germany and stuff like that. So these guys, these guys have figured out how to protect that wealth for a millennia, right? So you know, it, it's it, it, you know, it, it uh, you know, there's new money and then there's them, right? It's you know, very very different, um, and they have turned very, um, they've turned very uh, philanthropic. Um, this is, uh, I think this is going to, I think our, our, I think our message will resonate even better in the New York show. And it's a 45 minute flight. So <laughs> really happy about that. Um, uh, yeah. So, you know, but, um, it was, it was, it, look, it was, it was a great experience. Um, I learned more watching than I did speaking. Right. Um, I picked up a lot. You know, what uh, you and I have talked about this. There's those who listen to listen to rebut and those who listen, listen to reply and those who listen to learn. So I got there. I was so tired. I just wanted to sit and listen. And I heard what we I heard things that we've been talking about. Um, for years being repeated, almost similar, like similar phrase. So this is, you know, when you think you have a new idea. Talk to somebody, and it, you know, so there's no, there are no original brilliant ideas. People have thought about it in it, in it, in it coming from a different place, um, but the fact that it's on the minds of some of the most successful, most affluent people in the world, and they're thinking on the same train of thought as we were, without having had discussions with us, I I was super excited that we're on the right path. This is what the world's wealthiest people are thinking about. 
they're, they're thinking and no one can, no one, no one came out and said of it. They kept talking about it. It was kind of a holy shit moment. Like these guys are talking about, you know, what are you going to do? And I've heard people, and heard people say, look, you're going to have to take some risks. This is uncharted waters right now. You're going to have to take some risks, do it, do it in something that'll, that'll make a difference. Right. Um, and I was able to kind of frame it in a way where, yeah, look, yeah, we're early, but here's how, you know, here's how we're trying to, you know, kind of de-risk, de-leverage you, you know, um, you know risk manage you. Um, and, but here's the, here's the, here's the serious, serious societal benefit. And I thought it resonated well. Well, my friend, um, you were highly adaptive and I think you did the right move by making it a very relaxed show. And, um, now we officially, uh, Robert Baxter says fly private. That's a very good idea, actually. The launch of the Manhattan Street Capital portal, which is now um, you know, um, up and running, and we announced it there. There'll be a press release early next week about that, and then we'll start feeding people into that, and that's going to be very interesting. And then, of course, doing the deals on the side with these sophisticated investors. So, uh, my friend, you do look wasted. <laughs> well, sorry. I mean, look, I, you know, I, I'm... It's been a rough couple of days, but I'll tell you what, it was, it was a tremendous experience. I learned a ton about the new world we're heading into just by sitting there and observing. And the need for what we're doing has never been, I mean, it's never been more like, you know, bonfire obvious. It's a bonfire right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, I mean, New York's going to be a lot of fun. We're, first of all, uh, I, I do believe, that several of these players that I spoke with, I, I believe we'll get some investments out of just, you know, just this first. And, and you don't usually get investments in your first show. You sure. get interest, you get conversations, right. right? And those conversations go on for several months. They show up to the second show. You're there again. And there you go. Um, but it, I think it, I think it exceedingly likely that a couple of the attendees that I spoke with, they, there was so, there was such significant interest that we will, uh, we'll see some, I think we'll see some uh, family office players. Um, and I think the Manhattan street capital portal being up also advertising to that. I, I think we can speak to those guys about that as well. We said at first when we launched Manhattan street capital, yeah, we'll get to the family office guys after we do X, you know, in, no, I think, no, I think we, I think we talked to them now. I think where we are right now and the way this is being framed and the way that institutional presentation is set up, um, I think those conversations can happen now. And believe me when I tell you, um, they need it. There's a lot of there's a lot of smoke on the horizon in, in where they have their assets right now. You know, no, they need to. This is essentially going to dollar cost average their total portfolio that way down. Absolutely. Water as an asset is starting so low. and um, even though for some reason the stock took off the last few days, still it is a bargain. And so, well, but their entry level into the private placement is 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 it's 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 completely separate from the stock, right? And that is insanely uh, low, right? Sure. You know, because you're coming in as a founder, for goodness sake. So, um, not only is it an asset. Uh, as a dollar cost average, you know, kind of lowering your overall exposure in, in assets, getting one at the bottom, but our yields are far more favorable because those assets don't, don't index against inflation very well right now. You know, it's very hard. You know what these commercial real estate, commercial, commercial properties did? They all locked in seven-year, uh, they all locked in seven-year uh, leases. Sure. Oh my God. You know, what, what, what you know, What's that lease going to look like in seven? How bad? How bad? How badly upside down are these um, 
uh, you know, mortgage holder is going to be. Yeah. Well, my friend, thank you very much. It was, um, you know, you, you, uh, you charged into the valley of death. I dove into the breach. You did indeed. So well done. Um, I'm going to let you go. I want to thank you for doing this. And I think it was really, really interesting. So everyone have a wonderful weekend. I'll be seeing you on the 30th and um, we'll be following up on a lot of this. So stay tuned, do show up and thank you again for your strong support. Keep joining us. Good night, Ken. Good night, everyone. Good night.